Welcome to the Salons by JC podcast, your guide to sweet success. I'm Mona, your host, here to provide you with inspiration and empowerment through great stories, business and marketing tips, and so much more, all to support your independent beauty professional needs. On the Salons by JC podcast, you'll get some amazing guidance from other salon suite owners, franchisees, our Salons by JC partners, industry experts, and thought leaders. At Salons by JC, you're on your own, but never alone. On our BLM 52 focus today, Nate Irvin. The financial world calls him Coach Nate. He is a financial advisor representative and regional vice president of Primerica Financial Services. Coach Nate speaks candidly to our Salons by JC audience about the financial challenges that Black and Brown communities face today. He talks about building wealth and leaving a financial legacy. He's learned a thing or two on his own financial journey and during his prior military service. Now working in the financial services industry for over 14 years, he offers education and support for others on their journeys. This conversation will inspire you to change your financial mindset and grow your knowledge about money and how your money can and will work for you and your family. Listen up and let's hear what the coach has to say. Good afternoon, Coach Nate Irvin. How are you? And thank you for joining us on the Salons by JC podcast today. Well, hi there, Ms. Mona. Thank you for having me. We're excited to uh, just uh, talk with you and uh, share some of the things and objectives we want to uh, discuss today. So we look forward to it. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And uh, you and I have talked a little bit about our BLM 52 initiative and and how Salons by JC Corporate has dedicated 52 weeks of thought and support of ending systemic racism in Black and African-American communities. And uh, today's podcast, however, is geared toward financial education of sorts, and maybe the awareness within those communities to include brown communities. And some of the, maybe some some tips that you can give us about how we can really be um, a little more financially educated, as well as just whatever you'd like to share with us as we kind of move through this interview. I'm just super excited about it. Well, all right. Well, thank you again. And uh, what a great topic in terms of uh, when it comes to finances, especially in the uh, African-American community, uh, as well as other communities as well, but especially in the African-American community and uh, the things we've experienced and the things we've yet to uh, progress in financially. And so basically, basically, when you look at overall finances from, uh, I think, way back in the day where we've come from, uh, the mentality of how money works is something that we've uh, we've never really just dove off into. Uh, I recall my parents and my grandparents that 
Uh, you know, when we grew up, we were relatively poor. My dad was in the military, uh, but he didn't have a great uh, handle on how money works. And so as I grew older, I realized that, you know, I was destined to go down the same pathway simply because I knew what my parents knew. Uh, and unless I was able to make uh, some kind of paradigm shift, then I, in my mind, and was destined to be as they were, uh, lacking the financial uh, know-how to uh, create my own future financially. So I think in the Black community, that's one of the major things we face, that uh, we have not been educated enough or we've not sought after the right kind of education in order to make leaps and bounds when it comes financially. Um, you know, we see that the average African-American uh, person um, that fulfills the same position as their counterpart, white, uh, makes substantially less, right? And so mm -hmm. there are some, uh, uh, some differences there uh, that ought not to be. And so just focusing on in our community, I think one of the biggest things is that we must be educated as to how we move forward in uh, nailing down our future as well as our legacy. So those are some of the concepts I think about right now, Ms. Mona. And knowing that, um, you know, as we as we do move through this conversation, I know that you are a financial advisor and coach. So I called you Coach Nate. I affectionately call you Coach Nate because I do know of all the great work that you do with Primerica Financial Services. I'm sure you'll get into a little bit of that and the education that you provide, not just for black and brown communities, but for any middle-class community that needs solutions to financial problems. But that being said, we know that there are statistics out there that half of America is living paycheck to paycheck. And especially in light of the pandemic and kind of the overall global setbacks that we've been facing, that number might just be a little bit higher uh, than than half. But what are your thoughts about the statistics that reveal how white America can easily turn to liquidating stocks and bonds? And when emergencies arise, um, black and brown communities in general cannot. Absolutely. Great, uh, great question. And wow, it, it is so prevalent today. We see that uh, in the midst of this pandemic, as you have spoken uh, about, uh, we do find that more families, especially in African-American and brown communities, uh, have way more stress uh, than they currently have, right? So that's not to say they weren't stressed out before over finances, but even more so now. Uh, so we see what the pandemic has done with, with over 60, 70 million people having to file for unemployment. And many of them have only been taught growing up to obtain one stream of income, right? That income being their job. Whereas on uh, other cultures, right? They have understood multiple streams of income. Therefore, in times of crises that we face right now, uh, they can also now allude to one of those other streams of income or adequate savings account that can help uh, get them through the crisis. Whereas in most, uh, a lot of African-American communities, because we only had the one source of income, all right, now we're more challenged because now we see no way out. Uh, so we're having to go, instead of going to our own investments or savings or stock accounts, 
we are more now, we lean more on the credit cards, right? We lean more on borrowing money from the bank, right? Why? Because we have limited sources of income. So one of the vital things that I think for the African-American community is that we must have multiple streams of income. Uh, we now live in a society where one stream of income is certainly not enough, uh, but multiple streams, as we will see with the most of the wealthy, they have seven to 10 streams of income, right? But once again, we were taught to go to school, get out of school, go get a good job. That concept allowed us to go to work for money. And that's what we have learned and that's what we have experienced all these years. We go to work, we put in our time, we get a paycheck, we work for money. What the wealthy know is how to make money now work for them. So they have now diversified their assets into other different entities where it be mutual funds, stocks, investments, and they allow that over a period of time to help grow their wealth. Well, see, if we maintain the uh, fast food mentality, if you will, then we want things right now. You see, for the most part, when you look at the category of the poor class, the middle class, and the wealthy, you see the poor class, they are identified by things such as their houses and their cars, right? So your bank account average in the African-American community, you can have $50 in your bank account, but if you drive a new Cadillac, that's your status check, right? Or you haven't got a house that you can barely pay month to month on, but it's a status check. When you move up a little bit and you move to middle income families, those in the middle income sector, then their level of success is based on their titles, right? I'm a doctor, I'm a lawyer, I'm this, I'm that, right? But the wealthy, their status check is based on how big their investment portfolio or their bank account is. So when you look at it, it's a matter of how you think, right? And where do we get the thought process from? We got that from going, growing up from our parents, from, my, from our teachers, from our friends around us and the environment that we grew up in. So in my environment, right, that I grew up in, I never saw anyone wealthy, right? We lived on the side of the tracks, right? I knew my aunts, my uncles, my cousins, and none of them were multi-million dollar earners. They were not making a lot of money. They did the same thing that I was being trained to do, which was to grow up, go to school, get pretty good grades and go out and get me a job, right? And so that is where those mindsets come in, right? So hence we see it a lot of times in our community as well as other communities, right? With the same mindset that if I can go out and you know get me a, a professional football, basketball, a rapper, contract, make a lot of money, what is one of the first things you see? One of the first things you see is I'm going out and buy me a big chain, right? That spins or going out and buy me 50 cars and all these houses, why? That is the mindset that a person has right from what stemmed from them growing up. So therefore they don't a lot of times think about, we don't, right? That we ought to be investing so that our money can make more money for us. That way we never run out of money. But instead, right? The bank account changed for a periodic period of time. However, the mindset did not. And so I love focusing on the mindset, right? Because here's what I know. If we can get your thinking to change, 
you can change the outcome of how you view money. See, most people in the African-American community, their perception of money is simply different, right? Right, different from those in the other cultures. So we gotta get a different perception of money and then we will know and understand how to utilize money a lot better because of our new perspective on money, right? You see, before we know just to go to work, make money and then go out and just spend it, go out and blow it, right? We never understood how to utilize money for our advantage, right? Whereby causing that money to now multiply. And then not only working for money, right? But understanding how to make that money work for us. You see, we live so many, so often we're living paycheck to paycheck, right? Because we get our thrill and excitement by that little money that we make between paydays. And then we spend it all and we wait for the next payday to come. And that is a vicious cycle, right, that our community stays in, right, you know, along with the other host of things, right, that, uh, you know, come against us in that area, right? And then we find ourselves, right, never fully understanding how to grow wealth, right? We understand how to go to work to make money, right? But we do not understand the rules of the money game to grow wealth. The mindset must change. And so, therefore, uh, you know, I've made it my mission to go out and to educate as many people as possible. Of course, both uh, African-American community as well as other cultures, right? but more so from uh, the folks that I know that came from the same place I came from that don't have uh, the kind of education to move them forward financially. Wow, that's, you have said so many things that I want to kind of go back and unpack that really resonate and that was such great information especially the mindset um, part of that how we view money because most likely how we you know manage our money is how we manage our lives and a great person once said that and i've, I've kind of held on to that can't remember who it was i believe it was michael cole he's one of our industry experts he said you know how you handle how you run your life is really how you run your money and sometimes when you're not really focused in on how money truly works or you don't have an education about it then it's going to kind of get away from you but you did mention uh, a couple of things i want to talk about them exclusively. I want to talk about that generational wealth that you kind of alluded to and how families in um, other than black and brown communities, um, they are able to pass down generational wealth because of economic advantages. Perhaps uh, they make more money and all of that. And that's not a complaint. I'm not going to complain about that. I'm just going to kind of ask you what you're thoughts are since the median income for, let's say, white households is absorbently more than it is for black and brown uh, households. So that's, that's, a real, that's a real issue. And you spoke about having several income streams, which is what the wealthy does. But what if we've got someone in the black and brown community, they're listening and they're like, oh, you know, that's great for them, but I don't have enough money to get from point A to point B most of the times. So I'm relying on those credit cards that you mentioned uh, just a bit ago. Where can that person or that family start today? Um, 
especially, you know, with the mindset you were just speaking of, where, what, what can they do tangibly to start today in building well so that they can leave those economic advantages to their, to the next generation and so on and so on. Awesome. Great question. Great question. And uh, the, the easy answer is just start, right? But we know it's much larger than that, <laughs> right? So, uh, you know, and to take it a step back, right? So uh, if you think about this, I believe that, you know, uh, our economic, when, when it comes in terms of legacy, uh, when it comes in terms of leaving an inheritance, it is something we indeed, as an African-American community, uh, had to begin to learn and to do. Here's why. When we look at our ancestors when they were in slavery, right? When we got, they didn't own anything, right? So they were slaves, they worked the fields, they worked the houses, they were maids, they were gardeners, they were all that. Then when quote unquote freedom came, right? Then those slaves now who no longer, uh, you know, were slaves, but they still had to work. And so the ideology was that for the slave master, they say, well, listen, uh, they're free now. However, they've got to work to make money. So we'll let them work the fields, okay? We'll let them get their own house that they'll pay us for because we own the houses. They'll work the fields because we own the fields. And so although we will still have to go back and pay them for their labor, we can pay them based on what, we, what amount we put on them to pay them, right? And so on the other side of the culture, right, when you look at the white culture, then when grandpa owned all the land, surely enough, when grandpa passed away, he automatically left the legacy of the land, of the houses, the inheritance to his children, right? So when the African-American broke free and they worked the land, got paid for the land, they, they got a house, but their master owned the house, right? Ultimately, they didn't have anything like a legacy to leave. Right, so it was something that we had to eventually get to understand where we also now purchase land, we own homes, we own businesses, but it did not happen right away. And so when we jump forward to the day, it is still, right, you can see it clearly where we don't own much in our community. We know we own uh, barber shops, we own uh, hair salons, we own liquor stores, right? But ultimately, not a lot of other businesses did we own, right? So the mindset is, is we must come into more understanding of what ownership is, right? And that now we can, that's how we are going to build and leave a legacy based on what we own. So even in African-American community, you see, matter of fact, there's a statement that says that when a wealthy person dies, they leave a will. When a poor family passes away, they leave a bill. What do they mean by that? That means that in the African-American community, right, when families don't have things like adequate savings and adequate life insurance, then when a person breadwinner passes away, that means the family got to come together to try to raise money now to bury a loved one, right? So now, instead of it being a place whereby people can come in and they can begin to uh, 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 grow and reap the harvest, right? But let's say if Uncle Johnny passed away, they now got to find ways to come out of their own pocket, which they find themselves not having a lot of money anyways to take care of the funeral, 
How bad is that? Right. And so starting this thing, I just want to caveat on that. So starting savings is beginning to get an education. That is first and foremost, right? Which is why we sit down with families one-on-one -on -one and we walk them through the process. Okay. So whether they whether they start off saving $25 a month or $50 a month, they begin to get the actions that's required to move them forward financially. Here's the thing. Many people say, yeah, when I'm making 50,000 or making 100,000, I'll start then. No, you won't, because once you get to 50,000 or 100,000, then you'll say, well, once I make 150, right? So what ends up happening is that we never start, right? We never think about investments. We never think about savings. We never think about life insurance until it's too late. Then we find ourselves, right, having to go out, having to go do GoFundMe accounts, or having to ask the family to raise money. And so in our community, I think we must uh, initially get the understanding that we need in terms of those concepts of money so that we can begin to pay ourselves. What's amazing is most people don't realize how just $50, if that's all you can do, the key is that you're doing something. But along the way, you are developing a new mindset. You are developing new strategies right, to move you toward your financial goal. You see, we can no longer afford to stick our head in the sand and pretend that it's not happening, that it's not there, right? We must make a decision, right, that we are going to move forward, that we are going to establish multiple streams of income in order to become efficient and effective in terms of how our finances work. And by being able to leave a legacy and to build something, right, that God forbid when that day comes for us, Right? We have allowed a harvest to come out of uh, the fact that if we, if we pass away, a harvest is gonna come and not a burden for the rest of the family. And so Mona, that's imperative, uh, you know, that when we start, it doesn't matter how smart we start, right? What matters is that we start whatever area that we're in to start, but get an education to build on that so that you can grow your wealth. Absolutely. And I love that. Just start. The easy answer is just start. Getting started may not be so easy if you don't have the mindset to go there and really make a difference in your finances or in your family's finances. So I like that. Don't think that um, wealth is for somebody else. Wealth is for everyone who wants it and who gets out there and gets that education to get it. I like what you said, you know, before we would uh, in an Af in the African-American community, we may have liquor stores or salons. But I'm thinking about the great liquor stores like the Specs and the Total Wine. Uh, I don't know about those personally, but um, I do know that they are doing super, super well, as well as salons by JC model. Yeah. I can imagine if African-Americans and, uh, and black and brown communities would get or have or start some business like that and then invest. It's what you're doing is great as far as being in business, but are you educating yourself while you're earning a living? Are you investing? Are you paying yourself first? I know these are some great concepts that is taught with um, Primerica Financial Services, but it really has to be a just start 
aha moment for anyone who wants to build wealth, even if their past won't doesn't lend itself to that. Maybe their family, like you said, we grow up, we don't really have a full education on how money works. Our families maybe have been poor. You took us all the way back to that the the time of slavery when we didn't have anything. Our ancestors didn't have anything to build on. But the time is now. I, I think what I hear you saying is the time is now. Just start. Get that education. It's for you to have. And it's an optimistic approach, wouldn't you Absolutely. say? Absolutely. 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 Awesome. Awesome. You have given such great information. I do want to ask, though, um, when you were talking about accumulating wealth and what some solutions might be for the black and brown community as far as multiple streams of income and then passing down next generation wealth. Is there anything else that you may want to kind of impart to our listeners about not only the racial inequality about money, but um, the mindset or the next step or whatever the case may be? Is there anything else that you'd like to impart on us? Well, just one other thing that I would say, um, you know, because, again, there is uh, an economic divide. Right. But we cannot allow uh, you know, what has happened in the past and, and uh, you know, just to kind of uh, dictate that we can't move any further. Uh, a lot of times, you know, we, you know, it was someone else's fault. Uh, you know, hey, that's that's got to be long past now. Right. Because now we're in an age, a day and age whereby we can go out and make certain things happen. Right. We can go out, for instance, and get the education that we need. Right. That's one of the things that we provide at Primerica, right, to position you to make those better financial decisions and to design your future, right? That's the beautiful thing about once you get educated in any capacity is that now you have the, you have the design pen in your hand, right? So based on your thought perception now, now you can paint a new picture. So in other words, when I grew up, the picture that I saw the picture that I experienced of not having money, of my parents not having a lot of money, right? Well, guess what? I got a new pen in my hand and I can write my own story. That's the beauty of where we are now and what we can obtain is that now we can write our own story as we get educated and as we move forward in these things. So I'm excited to see people that are hungering and thirsting um, you know, for righteousness and for their ability to build something great. Uh, there is no limit as well, I want to say, on, you know, I heard you mention it as well, Mona. There's no limit to what you can do. The only thing that stops you from moving forward is you. It's your own thought process. It's your own mind. And so those things that you are wanting to know and needing to know, guess what? There are places out there, one of those being Primerica, whereby you can go and get what you need, right, to make a change. You just gotta be willing though, to initially make the change, right? And move forward so that you can do great things, right? Because you are, uh, in the African-American community, are a great people, right? And if you look at other communities, right, it's amazing, right? You can go to any major city, You'll whether it's Chinatown, Right, whether it's it doesn't matter, 
they have came over to this side of the of the country and they have built communities in our backyard right we don't and they've come together to do that so i believe one of the biggest things in the african-american community is learning to come together and be a strong support for one another it's amazing that we would rather pull down than build up right so that's a mindset right that is a and what that really is it is a mindset of scarcity right because if i build you up somewhere the connotation is i ain't gonna have nothing for me right but when you see other communities coming together building up now they build a community we tear down our community because we don't really build one another up in the way that we ought to and another thing within those community other communities as they're building those communities they are allowing the money that they make to circulate in their community right for the most part when we can make money right our money leaves our community asap and it goes out supporting other things or other businesses but it does not stay in our community now i understand <clears throat> and i know people say all the time and it's true and we have to we must rise above that we must get better that you know coach nate i went out tried to support a uh, african-american community and their service was bad right their service was poor their business was poor run down <clears throat> and so we as overall business owners in the african-american community we must put the same kind of quality we must do our best to provide for our community and everyone else around us, right? Top quality service, top quality products, just like any other community provides, right? So, and sometimes it does become difficult because you, you want to invest and help in our community, then you expect a level of service. And see, and where we parallel that to a lot of times, if we went to, um, you know, a Caucasian, uh, business owner, right? Then they got A, B, C, D, right? It's appealing, right? And so we said, wow, we'd rather go there, right? Versus in the African-American community. But see, we must come up. And once again, it is the mindset of how we think, right? So the more we think, the more we can grow. If you can change your thoughts, here's the good news. You can change your reality, right? See, your philosophy, the philosophy that we have it is a thing that has created our attitude and our attitude based on the philosophy and the beliefs that we have right that has created our actions the things that we do right and then of course we know based on the actions that we do we now see our results but ultimately everyone wants a different lifestyle and i think in which when it comes to money you have to ask yourself what kind of lifestyle do i want and the first thing that must change is your philosophy and your belief, especially in our community, right? So again, uh, just we just got to get started, but we got to seek help in the in the form of getting educated in the arena of financial services, right? Because here's one thing. Last thing. Here's what I know: that if we never seek it out, then we stand. Uh, we will position ourselves to repeat where we've, what we've always done. Albert Einstein's definition of insanity says this, doing the same thing over and over again, but expecting different results. In order for your reality to change, you must change. 
And that's one of the things, Mona, I believe we must seek to do. We must change. Jeff, I was jotting down notes as usual. Every time I hear you speak, I'm writing something down just to make sure that I capture it all. And that was so good. I love the the mindset, of course, that you talk about so often, uh, the come up. I, I, I quoted with a little quotation marks, it's time to come up in quality in our education in the black and brown communities. Changing our reality is so important and so available to us when we do concentrate on those things and how we can bring that quality through our businesses, um, and our finances so that we can ultimately change the trajectory of our family legacy. I love it, love it, love it. You know what? This, this is a part one. I think we'll have to have you back again for a part two. There's so much more uh, for us to explore, Absolutely. I think. Don't I you agree? Definitely, definitely. We're going to do that for sure. And I I think that with what you've said, there may be some chords, you're going to strike a chord with many because there's so many folks that I think feel that they can't start, especially in our black and brown communities. We can't start because we don't have, but it starts in the mind and with great coaches like yourself and what Primerica Financial Services offers, I think we can really move forward and make some change. Where can our listeners reach you, Coach? Nate? All right. So uh, definitely I can uh, leave my email or you can send that out to them as well, Mona. They can reach me out anytime as well as my, uh, you know, my personal number, which you, uh, you can definitely give that out to as well. Uh, you'll see things also posted on mm -hmm. social media. Uh, under my Facebook page, I'm always sending out uh, encouraging thoughts and then just things to help you move forward financially. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn as well, right? So in a lot of different places. Uh, but yeah, you can definitely reach out. And what I'm great about is always getting back to you. Um, you know, I believe one of the that's one of the, another one of the downfalls. Sometimes uh, we don't get we don't become good at follow up, right? So I'm great at following up to ensure. Now, whatever question that you have, right, we want to be able to answer those for you and move you in the right direction. Uh, I believe that implementation is a key. You see, I can talk to you all day long, but unless there's implementation, we're just we're just talking. We're just having a conversation. Right. So you can talk about I want to save money for 10 years, but if you never do it, all you've done, you've just been talking. So we're not only going to talk and strategize, we're also going to show you to implement. If someone has a question, if they listen to this podcast, they have a, a quick question for you or they need just, you know, they just want a little coaching guidance um, that maybe they just want to jot down or just send you a quick email or make an appointment to chat with you virtually or by phone, what email address can they Okay, excellent. Great question. So my email address for my uh, Primerica business uh, is N as in Nate, then my last name, E-R-V-I-N, Irvin, then three I's behind it, I-I-I, at Primerica.com. So again, that's N as in Nate, Irvin, E-R-V as in Victor, I-N, I-I-I, at Primerica.com. 
Thank you so much, Coach Nate. I appreciate um, all of the information that you've given us. I will be reaching out to you again for part two. I'm sure we'll have some uh, comments and questions and all of that with um, this podcast. So we'll definitely do another one soon and um, wish you well in all that you do and educating folks uh, about financial independence and just getting that solid education to do more in their finances. So we really appreciate you and thank you for all that you do. Absolutely. And thank you so much for having me and uh, had an awesome time and just love sharing and uh, we look forward to the next one. Thanks for tuning in to the Salons by JC podcast. Tune in next time for another sweet success episode. If there's something you'd like to hear on a future podcast, send us a message. If you like what you've heard, follow us on your favorite podcast channel. For franchising opportunities or for more information on becoming a luxury Salons by JC suite owner, visit our website at salonsbyjc.com. Have the professional life you dream of, and we'll help get you there. At Salons by JC, you're on your own, but never alone. So keep dreaming big. Until next time.